Sing that to God who fights for me one more time here. You need God to fight for you today. Thank you, Lord. You have led me through the deep. Hallelujah. Just worship him here for a moment, church. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you are the God who fights for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. One of the uh, traps of the enemy is to get us to uh, fixate on our problems, uh, the things that we have no control over, um, to, to get us to that place where um, all we're doing is um, complaining about everything that we can't do. And God is not wanting us to focus on any of those things. What God wants us to do is focus on Him, focus on what His Word has already declared that He wants to do in our lives. Today, as we enter into um, communion, I want to remind you that what Christ did for us on the cross, what He instituted in the Lord's Supper, when He sat down with His disciples and He, and he said, um, to remember Me, to celebrate Me, that's what communion is all about. It is an opportunity for us to celebrate the life-giving, the healing, the restoration. It is to remember the work of the cross and what it does for our lives today. 
And so as we enter into this time of communion, um, it's a time of worship. So we, uh, we practice a, an open communion in that, you know what, if you're here and you are in a right place with God, we invite you to come and, and partake. And the elements are up here. Um, you'll come up and you'll pick up a cup and it's a, it's a cup that on one side is the wafer, the other side is the juice. And, and we encourage you to find a place to worship. If you want to kneel at an altar, you can. If you want to go back to your seat, you can. But this is a time for you to worship. And, and I'm going to give you some instructions from the Word of God that are going to set the, the pace, set the tone, set a mindset, really, for where we're going in our time of communion. But there is the, there is the responsibility on your behalf to make sure that you honor what the Word of God says. Okay? Listen to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 23, it says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And this is the portion where we examine ourselves. It says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man or woman examine themselves, and then let them eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Examine yourself. God's Word gives us the freedom to make a decision to become right with God and then to partake. If there is someone in the, in the body today, in the church today, that you have uh, scriptures that if you have ought with them, if you have uh, an issue with them, get up and go take care of it during this beginning portion of worship. You are released to do so. And, and if you are that person who someone is coming to you asking forgiveness, don't try to unpack this today. Okay? Receive their apology and release them. Sometimes we want to get into the midst of it and wallow in it, and God wants us to just let it go. And so I encourage you today, find a place and worship today in our time of communion. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day and this opportunity to worship you. I pray your blessing on uh, this time as we celebrate um, the body, the blood, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He did it for us. He did it for me. And today as I prepare to partake. Lord, I, I ask first you forgive me of anything that I may have done that sins against you. Lord, I pray that in the midst of this moment that you would reveal to me anything that would keep me from being able to worship you in this moment freely. Open my eyes to see and my ears to hear. 
and then help me to enter in to a time of worship celebrating this, this precious gift. And I thank you. We ask for this in your name. Amen. Our elements are up here on the, my right, your left, and just we release you to come as the Spirit leads you to come.
Fountain I drink from, oh, he is mine. 
like the days of the heavens and above the earth. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line that Zerubbabel's hand. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hands? And he said, A staff. He took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had even in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand. And he approached the Philistine. He found the fresh jawbone of a donkey, so he reached out and took it and killed a thousand men with it. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. And they said to him, We have only five loaves and two fish. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sold in his field, and which indeed is the least of all these seeds. But when it grew, grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. That woven throughout the scriptures is your truth, is your strength, is victory, is supply, is healing. Father, throughout your word is all that we have need of. You declare that he that hath an ear, let him hear. You tell us to let your words be on our lips. To find a place of rest in our hearts. You instruct us to teach them to, your, to our children, to write them on the doorposts of our homes, to establish ourselves in a manner that walks worthy of the calling of Christ in our lives.
for your word. Over the last um, month or so, I've been um, focusing on mindset, and I have been pouring through the Scriptures. I've been reading different passages that relate to um, the things that God wants us to think about. And uh, the things that God wants us to do, and the things that God is able to do. The things that God is able to do when we simply obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way. Throughout this week as I've, I've been reading these passages and uh, uh, worshiping the Lord in the midst of the passages... I felt convicted at the very core of my being. Because the more I read, the more I realized that God's plan and God's picture and God's desire is so much bigger than us. <laughs> than how we live. You know, we, we joke about... At least in the men's group we have, because we've talked about this before, you know. Um, we joke about, you know, it's, it's not about ability. <laughs> but it's about availability. You know. But, but let me just tell you, it's really more. Because <laughs> you guys showed up today. And, and let's be honest, and this is not a downer here. The majority of you are here... Every time the doors are open, you are good showing uppers. <laughs> you, you are good at being there. You know, I have been present at the church <laughs> um, almost every Sunday since I was 16. My family can tell you, you know, how many times I've ever been sick and wanted to miss church. I just, if the church doors were open, there was this internal obligation to be there. But let me be honest with you, showing up doesn't get you to heaven. Showing up does not get the things of God to go forth in your, in your life. Showing up will not make a miracle happen. As I was reading this week, I realized so much about what we're missing is faith to see God do things, to see God do more than just getting us out of bed and getting us to church in the morning. I'm glad that he gets me out of bed. A number of years ago, I started reading a book um, called The Prayer of Jabez, and it's um, found out of the book of First Chronicles, and 
I know I've given you lots of scriptures. That's why I've given you all the references to take home, and I'm not giving you anything that you have to take notes on. Just listen. You don't have any blanks to fill in unless you want to make a blank and fill it in. But First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10 says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Now, let's just be honest. How many of you were a pain coming forth? <laughs> I mean, I don't know many that weren't. <laughs> but she labeled him. See, a person's name during this time was part of their identity. They walked that out. And to be called Jabez, to, to have everyone know that your name simply means you cause pain. And yet, Scripture says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And in verse 10, Jabez called out to the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, and that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. I love this back in the day when I read it, and, and here last week, the Lord led me back here in the midst of all the things that I've been walking through with just trying to get my mind wrapped around what He's calling me to do next in life. You know, what He has more for us. I'm not happy, I, I'm not settled that what we're experiencing in the church is all that God has yet. <laughs> okay. Um, Man, I just think we just get by. As a church, we just get by. Universally, we just get by. And I, as I looked at this, and, and this week I started in the book called Beyond Jabez, and it takes you deeper into um, some of these things. And it's, uh, it's just so good. And I mean, it was, it was probably written 20 years ago or so, you know, and... But a man only mentioned here in the scriptures. All we know about him was born causing pain, labeled for it, but that he was more honorable than his brothers. And he had the boldness, the courage to call upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. This word indeed. Uh, accompanying the bless me is this this command to bless me extravagantly <laughs> how many of you have ever asked to be blessed extravagantly a couple of you how many of you have ever asked your parents to do something amazing for you yeah my children have never had issue coming to the to me for blessings <laughs> They, um, they know, and their mother knows, and she works on me frequently on this, that if they come to me, if it's within my means, I'm going to do it. It's just, I figure there are enough people in life that tell people, no, why should it be me? So I very seldom t tell people, no about things. I believe... That God wants to release us into new things, to bless us. 
And Jabez called on God, and God blessed. And his blessing was not vague. It, it was, Lord, I want you to bless me extravagantly and enlarge my territory. Now, he didn't tell God how to bless him. He just said, bless me. And he wanted a greater territory to serve in, to minister in. But then he said, Lord, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. What a prayer. How many of you get up every day and pray that the Lord keep you from evil? Okay. I start doing it again. Because I have, I have found over the last month that I have been attacked more frequently on things. Um, I get emails and, and stuff that it's like, all this stuff is bombarding me with messages that I don't need. And so, I said, God, keep me from evil. And this, became, this has become part of my daily prayer to God. Now, there are requirements, and today's message is not about breaking down Jabez's prayer, but there is a requirement for us to live honorably. That's, a, that's several messages, probably all in one. Now, this is not about a name it and claim it level of living. This is about us living into the fullness of God's Word and identifying God the Father as our own. If, if I know how to give good gifts to my children, how much more so my Heavenly Father, who is a good, good Father? How much more does He want to bless us as His children? In 2 Chronicles, just a little further into the reading, it tells us this in 2 Chronicles 16.9. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. Now I know we don't use the fro very often, but it means, it, it, it means the eyes of God run here and there. He's everywhere looking throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart are loyal to Him. He's looking for people to show himself strong on their behalf. God wants to do something in our lives. God's word wasn't just written for people 2,000 years ago. It was written for us today. And if God wants to show himself faithful to us, what is the problem? As a matter of fact, in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus himself said, Most assuredly I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. See, God needs just a few things. He needed a staff, five smooth stones, a jawbone of a donkey, a little bit of oil, a cloud, five loaves and two fish, and some seed. Some of you are probably thinking, what in the world is he doing and what's Miss Linda going to do? 
Gene saying, I'm so glad I retired. And I, we, we're going to take care of her, don't worry. Mustard seed. The smallest of seeds. Do you know that, that God says in his word that if you have faith as small as this, you could say to this mountain, be thou removed. I was going to shower you guys with it. I was going to go up in the balcony, start <laughs> dropping it down on you. No confetti, Miss Linda. See, why would God give us a verse that says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that you would be able to do great things? If he didn't mean it. I remember when I was young, my dad used to promise us that, um, you know, he was going to take us to an amusement park. Now, in my home, we didn't go to amusement parks. Um, we went out to eat one time a year, and it was on tax day when my dad got his income tax back. We'd go to McDonald's. Uh, so from the time I was young until um, I got into co or high school and some of my friends took me somewhere else and I realized there was more restaurants than McDonald's. You know, I didn't really, we never left home, never traveled anywhere, we never vacationed anywhere. We were home. But my dad kept promising, hey, uh, when we get to this point, I'm going to take you guys to Kings Island. Not a big request, you know, not a big thing. Back then, for us, we'd never been. It never happened. We had this expectation that never happened through my, you know, growing up years. See, you may be familiar with someone who's made a promise and not kept it. And sometimes... That promise infects us. That negative promise, that promise unfulfilled infects us and creates this mentality that if my earthly parent, if my earthly spouse, whoever it was, if they can't keep their promises, maybe God can't. See, we live in a culture that doesn't believe that God is a miracle-working God. They believe He, you know, most of the time is creator of the universe. Most do that. But do you realize not all Christians believe that? <laughs> not all Christians believe that the Bible is the Word of God. It's, they, many of them believe it's a book of good writings. God said if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that you'd do great things. And as I began to, to look at the Word of God, I began to see God doesn't need much. This, this morning, if you, are, if you would like, I've got... 
Now, understand my crafting ability is minimal. And it may be even sub-minimal. <laughs> so I have lots of visions. It's like I had this vision of creating these, these precious take-homes with you, for you, and, uh, and we created them. And I am so thankful for my wife and son who helped fix my... So I bought these little things that you could put a picture in. I thought, oh, that's great. I'll put a seed in there, put this little jewel that covers it over it, and uh, glue it down. That doesn't work. Because <laughs> even though it's a little seed, it's still a seed. <laughs> and the thing wouldn't... And so it's like I put some glue there, and I pressed, and I smashed the seed. Now, there's a good message in, 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 a, in a pressed seed, and, and it actually... Ex- some of the nutrients, and but today's message was not about that. <laughs> so I, um, I created this for you. Each one of you, if you'd like one, you can have it. You can wear it on. A, there's a smaller one and there's a larger one. And if you want, you know, to wear these to remind you of faith as a mustard seed, they're for you. You know, oil. The widow had a little bit of oil, just a little bit. My wife helped do these so that all the oil got into the jar. They're very little. But this is a reminder that all it took for God to provide all the needs for this this widow was a little bit of oil, just a little bit. She was able to sell the oil that God produced from a little bit of oil to not only pay all of her debt, but to have enough to live on the rest of her life. See, God doesn't need much. He needed to... One of his warriors picked up the jawbone of a donkey. Killed a thousand people with it in a war, in a battle. David just, you know, he picked up five smooth stones, but how many did he need? Just one. (laughs) Just one. But what did he really need? He needed faith. He needed to believe that God would do what he said. How many of you have a promise from God that he was going to do something for you, something amazing in your life, and he hasn't fulfilled it yet? And how many of you have lost hope in it? I have things that I look at and I think, God, I still believe. <laughs> but I understand the centurion when he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because I have moments that I struggle. But the more I read these passages, the more I began to ask if, if the problem isn't God, what is the real problem? Or maybe narrow it down if it's not what is the problem, who is the problem? (laughs) Because sometimes, let's be honest, whether you like it or not, you're the problem. You're the problem. You're not my problem. You're your own problem. 
The Apostle Paul talked about it in a dialogue that he confused a lot of people. You know, he said he, he knew the right thing to do, but he didn't find himself always doing it. He found himself doing all the things that he shouldn't do at times in life. And yet he knew that God had set him free. And yet he found himself grabbing back, gravitating back towards the things that he wasn't supposed to do. He knew he was the problem. He said, I crucify my flesh daily. See, I can't fix your problem. I can only fix my problem. I can't fix my family's problem. I can only fix me. Now, one thing I have found to be true, if I take care of me, my problem, many times a lot of my problems in my family disappear because we can be infectious. God wants to do something bigger in your life. This year is a year of enlargement, a year of growth, a year of taking back what the enemy has stolen. We, we began to proclaim, proclaim that back in January, that this was going to be a year that God was going to take us into new areas of ministry, new opportunities. Now, you could keep it all in the church. You can't. You can just pray that God will bless this church and make something amazing here. I'll take your prayer. It doesn't have to stay there. Jabez didn't pray that God would bless the church. He prayed that God would bless him. Now, I have found this to be true. If God blesses you, <laughs> he blesses the church. Every time that God blessed me, the church has received a blessing. Now, I have, I have practiced the you know, tithing as long as I can remember. And when God brings in more, we give more. And, and this isn't about me and my giving, but this is about every time God's blessed, the blessing that comes to the body of Christ has increased. And I'm thankful for that, that God has done that. And yet, even in all of those things, when I look and I read the Word of God, I think, God, I don't think there's any way possible that I am living to capacity. That I'm experiencing all that you have. I don't know how many of you have ever walking, walked, through, walking, walked through a store and saw somebody in a wheelchair and just felt this urge to go grab them by the hand and say, silver and gold do, I do not have, but what I have give I unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. <laughs> Let's be honest, we're afraid. It's like, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen right there. We operate out of fear. Fear and faith war against each other. They're adversaries. When you operate in fear, faith is not able to be manifested in our lives the way God wants it to. I 
believe God wants to do something so much more. This morning I'm up here praying and worshiping, and David and Missy, and thank you for coming and praying for me. But I was, man, I have had arthritis in this <coughs> left knee of mine for a couple years now. And it is an annoyance. <laughs> those of you that have it understand it, but those of you who know me, I am not someone who ever likes to stop moving. I just, I always want to be doing something. And this pain is a reminder of, of limitations that are not from God. This pain is a reminder of something that I don't believe is part of God's plan for my life. See, God says that he will bless me with health and, and wholeness. And, and I will be honest, I have been blessed with, with supernatural health throughout my life. <laughs> I'm around sick people all the time and God protects me. But this one thing, it's like, Lord, you're going to do something here. You're going you're to heal this knee because I'm tired of it. Sometimes we have to get good and tired of something to see a change. You know, we have to get to that place where we say, God, I've had it. I'm all in. And I've given you this list of scriptures that you can read through, and I pray that you will go home and write them out and, and let the fullness of this message that has been woven throughout the scriptures begin to instill in you a, a, an understanding, a desire that God wants to do something bigger in your life. And it's not all about the church. These seeds... I figure I got a few more out there, you know. <laughs> These seeds, let's be honest, they aren't meant for here. <laughs> they seem out of place, right? They're not going to grow in here. But how many times is this where we sow our seed? We sow our seed at church and we think, oh Lord, we just had just a great showing up of your presence. And we're good with God just being here. This isn't where we were meant to sow the seed. Matthew in 13, 3, uh, Miss Christine, if you'd go back to our first reader's passage. He went out to sow some seed. He scattered some across his field. Some seed fell on the footpath and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on shallow soil and underlying rocks. Seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plant. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as they had planted. But then he says, anyone who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
See, he wasn't talking about somebody going out and planting in a field. He was talking about his people. He was talking about wanting to do something in his people. And when we start looking at ourselves, what soil, what ground do we resemble? Are we that hard footpath that, you know, some of God's word hits us and and it's easily consumed? Do we just allow the seeds to be planted in a very shallow fashion, just enough to say, hey, I planted a seed today. I read my verse of the day. Now, if you're reading a verse of the day, I'm not trying to be offensive to you. Just hear me. Sometimes we think that's enough. I am a good, you know, generally I'm a good person that loves a good solid meal more than once a day. (laughs) I love a good steak and baked potato. And, and I'll throw a salad in for good measure just because I can. But if I'm going to eat, I want to sit down and eat. Now, I know there are, God, there are times that I believe God calls me to fast. He calls me to, to withhold the food. But that's not a lifestyle. See, a lifestyle of withholding food sends you into a state of starvation. And I started wondering how many of us as Christians are starved spiritually? How many of us are struggling with enough of God to get through the things that are going on in our lives? I was interacting with someone earlier this week and and they were so depressed. They began to list off their litany of of ailments and things that had relegated them to a lifestyle living at home and being miserable and how they had no hope, nothing to look forward to. That was their life. And they sent me on my way. They were, they were done. They didn't need anything else. They didn't want anything else. They couldn't believe for anything else. What a sad way to live life. And how many of us as believers are at that place where we think this is the best it's going to get? Man, I I just, I can't help but reading the Word of God. And He is a good, good Father. And if, if I go to the extent that I do to bless my children... I believe, I I genuinely, I sincerely believe that how I I interact and love on my kids, I have learned from my Heavenly Father. I want my children to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I love them. Even if they all believe they're my favorite. Church, we don't believe God wants to treat us that way. Worship team, if you'd come.
The Word of God is living and active. It is living and active. The Word of God wants to do something in your life. (laughs) It wants to be expressed, experienced. But we have to get to the heart of the matter, to the, the core We have to acknowledge that we're the problem. The reason God isn't doing more in my life is not because of God's inability. It's it's because of my lack of faith or desire. I read stories of of people who, who believed and tarried on God, who waited for God because they had no food and someone would show up at their doorstep with food. They had no money, no ability to pay bills and they would begin to pray and they just knew God was going to show up and someone showed up. (laughs) I've had moments like that in my life. I remember living in Kentucky. Um, we'd moved to Kentucky um, right after we were married, and we were um, looking at planning a church there. And uh, um, that was our plan. God's plan was we were there to support a ministry there, a church there that um, needed some additional support. But I lost my job college degree, couldn't get a job. Um, there was a small trailer that was previously had been the parsonage at the church and um, they let my family move in because we, we had no money and we, we'd gone for a while without any money. And we're praying, we're seeking God and we're saying, God, what did we miss? <laughs> we had someone show up at the uh, parsonage said, God led us to come here and give you this money. <laughs> they said, we, um, we thought about giving it to our kids, but we just thought they've been wasting money like, you know, crazy. And um, we just thought we wanted it to be better used and God led us to you. And people would bring us food. And God provided. And if God will do that in moments, because we believed and trusted, why do we get outside of what God is trying to do? I don't know what you need today. I don't know what your issue is, what you're struggling with, but I do believe God is here to minister and meet needs today. 
So I invite you in the midst of our worship to come. And what people join you in prayer, believing with you that God's going to do something amazing. God wants to do something. Lord, we surrender ourselves to you. Do what you want to do. Oh, that you would bless us that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. We call upon heaven and earth today. God leads you. Come. Let the King of my heart be the fountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, He is my song. Let the King of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, He is my song. You are good.
God begins to uh, unfold and fulfill those things he's declared over you, um, share those with us, um, testify about them. You know, when the scripture tells us in the book of Revelation that they overcame the evil one by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, um, God is, is unpacking for us this, uh, this truth that our testimony releases the chains that bind us. Speak forth the things of God. You know, it's it, our words go before us and we walk through them. Declare God's word over your life that the blessings of God will flow, that the favor of God will be present. Praise God. Kevin and Kyle, would you guys grab the offering plates back there and we're going to pray over our, our offering. Appreciate your faithfulness and uh, giving and the things that uh, God's continued to do. If you're visiting with us today, we're so glad you're here. Um, we do have a visitor's pack for you and um, We've got a gift for you, and we just like to say thanks for coming out today. Ask you to keep in prayer, <laughs> lift up in prayer, Robert uh, Gregory. Uh, he's got some hip issues going on, and we're just we're praying God show up in his life, um, bring healing there. Yes, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Miss Elaine. Thank you. Um, keep an eye on things going on. Now, you'll see on our back bulletin board here um, our celebration of moms. Uh, next Sunday is Mother's Day. How many of you are ready for that? So evidently we're celebrating two moms. Because you were supposed to bring in the picture of mom and put it up there on our board. And uh, some of you may go back afterwards and do a hand sketch of mom, you know. Um, but uh, but, but um, throughout this week, um, you know, come in and bring a picture of mom. You could even do it next Sunday. But uh, next Sunday I expect that bulletin board before service starts to be full. Okay, that's your that's your hint. Okay, um, so let's uh, 
Let's celebrate moms next week, and uh, it's going to be an amazing week, okay? Let's pray. Father, I pray your blessing on this offering that would be multiplied to meet the needs of your church. And Father, I thank you for the faithfulness of your people. Father, as we've seen uh, our giving continue to increase through this last year and a half of all the things that we've gone through, you have met every need. You've provided in ways beyond what we could imagine. And uh, Father, we just thank you. We pray your blessing on today. And uh, Father, help us to walk into the promises of God to live honorably before you, that there would be nothing that would withhold your blessings. Ask for this in your name. Amen. Remember, before you leave, please come up and get a, one of these fancy lockets that you can wear, not lockets, pendants, and a thing of oil. Don't take my big oil here. Just take one of the small ones. So, You can even take a handful of seed if you want it. God bless you. You're released.